I know he was beheaded. I didn't know that the head was uh, maintained. That's good. Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. Today, we are having a very special episode themed after one of our favorite letters in the alphabet, B. B movies, B for Bacchanalia. I did a little research over the week. Mm-hmm. I was very cognizant of bees whenever, ever since we decided to do a bee-themed episode. And I was very conscious of B words. And my favorite B word I've come across is Bacchanalia. Okay. Yeah. You know what Bacchanalia is? It's like a debaucherous celebration, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think like the actual dictionary definition has in it wine-soaked. Mm-hmm. Like wine-soaked debauchery. Like it's poetic in that way. So this Bacchus is... was the god of wine, so that makes sense. There we go. Shit, I didn't even know that. Well, I'm getting schooled. Yeah, Bacchanalia. It's retaining its title for best B word I've encountered this week on Scottcast. <laughs> Fan favorite Ian Dixon is with me. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot to introduce you. I was just so excited about Bacchanalia. I had to get that in there. Yeah, that's fine. How's been your B week? Have you been having a very B focused week yourself? Not as B focused as yours, it appears, but. I've been open to the bees that come my way. You're more patient than me. You're mm-hmm. you're willing to keep your standard high and persevere to the next bee thing before you accept it as one of your bee things you'd bring to the cast. Yeah. I think that's what's got to be going on here because as soon as the bee theme was like given to me, no matter what I looked at, I found bee things as excuses to bring it to the cast. It's like... <laughs> I would refuse the handicap of needing everything to start with a B mm-hmm. just by forcing it. I think alliteration is an underused concept. Yeah. I think more people should just play with it. Like we should have rappers out there that never rhyme, but do entire runs of alliteration. That'd be pretty sweet. Right. I'd be into it. Exactly. You've got some brain news coming up. Yeah. Uh, you've discovered things about the brain I can barely even comprehend. <laughs> And it turns out you've had people inside your brain manipulating your brain juice before. And you know what that feels like. Yeah. You know what that is. Mm-hmm. So that's an amazing experience that I need the Scott Castigators to understand because eventually I'm going to implant a Neuralink podcast transmitter into all my favorite Scott Castigators mm-hmm. who sign up and pay 35 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hardware costs. And that will beam our production directly into your mind Mm -hmm. you're not even really listening to it you're just experiencing it yeah you know and we we will just be potting left and right at you and you're gonna be buying so many me undies (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be great like no matter where you go on the internet you're gonna know the coupon code to use so gotta keep it be and get those boxer briefs yeah (laughs) get some boxer briefs from me undies if I was a brand out there, a business, if you will, <laughs> I would consider buying some ad space on the Scottcast because eventually, believe me, we will be transmitting ads directly to your brains. Um, I figured we could start. We both drinking some interesting beers. Yeah. 
And you've got something called Baby Kittens. <laughs> Baby Kittens from uh, Fat Orange Cat Brewing in North Haven, Connecticut. Made a trip to get here. Yeah. What kind of brew is that? This is a uh, New England style IPA. Makes sense. Perfect for a day like today. It's like uh, kind of got that that fruity note, but it's like dry. It's not too heavy. Give it a little sip here. Yeah, kind of tastes like a mimosa. Oh, okay. That's celebratory. Yeah. It's got that dry champagne booze to it, but with a hint of like orange, but not too strong orange. It's okay. Like, it's like a champagne heavy mimosa. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Orange for color. <clears throat> yeah. That sounds beautiful. Delicious even. Yeah. Is it berry-like in the floral notes or the, the, the bright notes or whatever you you just described? You had a berry-like. I wouldn't say berry-like. You had to pick a fruit. I'd or... say it's like mostly dry. It does have like a that sort of floral hoppiness to it, but the orange is very subtle. Okay. Subtle citrus mm-hmm. with a four, more of a bouquet, mm-hmm. like wildflowers in the bramble. Wow. That sounds delicious, Ian. Yeah. This is called, doesn't have a name. No, it does. It's called Oro. It's, I wish I would have picked one that started with a B. <laughs> but it's called Oro. It's Wild Artisan Golden Ale, they call it. Okay. There's a, fo- there's a picture on it. I want to describe the picture. There is a citrus sea with a, a tentacled being in, a, in, in the choppy waves off the coast of a rocky island that's purple. Out from this chaos... A sickly green hand emerges, holding a chalice. That's like, it's got to be a gallon large. <laughs> With the Jolly Pumpkin logo on it, in front of the sun. Oh, yeah. Does that, does that make you thirsty? It does. It does? Isn't that interesting, though? Like, this is a, a man struggling to live. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to get eaten by an octopus, at least. It's not spilling his beer, though. He is not spilling his beer, even though it's like a, yeah, I mean, just think, look at the size. This is a pint in my hand. Mm-hmm. And look at the size of that chalice. <laughs> it looks about half full, if I had to say. Yeah. Gold. Gold is gold. About, yeah, it kind of matches the color. They did well. Mm-hmm. He's not very buoyant, is he? No. He could sure use a boat. Yeah. Let me, let me get my notes on my taste. It tastes like I'm a senator and a, Greco-Roman times, and I just uh, signed on some papyrus, a new uh, a new law, like pr- telling people to that I need more grapes, <laughs> and that I actually I'm taxing grapes just by taking the grapes. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a financial tax. It's like for every ten grapes, one of them is mine. Okay, that's what it tastes like. So it tastes like grapes. No, it just <laughs> tastes like I'm signing a law to get some grapes. <laughs> tastes like power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unyielding, unquestionable power. <laughs> the lightest extraction from the economy. Mm-hmm. 10% of grapes, all for me. And like there's like this giant room full of grapes, just like stacked. The bottom doesn't look good. <laughs> But you can always open it and grab some fresh grapes. Yeah. Eventually, like at the other end of the room, there's like some composting happening mm-hmm. as it comes through. All right. Yeah. So that's beer review. All right. So we have a choice, Ian. Mm-hmm. Um, this is technically the Easter episode we're recording on Easter. 
So I've included a religious themed item. Okay. With uh, shoes and little Nas X. Mm-hmm. So you might have heard it in the news. Yeah. But we also have some some of that brain news. Mm-hmm. You know, which do you think we should go first? Should we go Satan or should we go? Let me tell you about the brain, Scott Castigators. Should we dangle that? I think we should dangle that a little longer. Yeah, let's get some Satan in here. Okay. I was reading in the newspaper the other day that Nike was condemning little Nas X. And I was like, why would you do that, Nike? And they were like, we don't support Satanism. Mm-hmm. And we, we're technically not even associated with this manufacturer. And I was like, what? So little Nas X, he's like a rapper. He's a young guy, like 20, 22. Mm-hmm. He, he got famous like off Twitter, like making fan accounts of Nicki Minaj and stuff. But anyway, he just released a song where it's like, first off, it's very gay in a, in a good way because rap needs that kind of representation. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of gay rappers out there. So, yeah. hey, good on you. Mm-hmm. And it is the most hilarious music video you'll ever watch. It is the gayest music video you'll also ever watch. But it is amazingly hilarious. It's like, Let's just, let's just, yeah, let's just watch it. And then I want you to describe what you see to me. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that's the video. <laughs> what, give us a little narration. What did you, what did you see? I want to hear how you describe <clears throat> it. Yeah. So, uh, well, you got little Nas X who's uh, almost naked. He's got like uh, some boxer briefs on and uh, like the is it like thigh high leather boots, like, yeah. But stiletto heels and so he's doing like a kind of a stripper pole thing, sliding all the way down this pole into hell, <laughs> and then uh, straight giving Satan a lap dance. Yeah, and Satan does not look like he gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. He's just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's that's pretty much it. And then like, did he kill Satan at the end and like took the crown? I think he did. He took took the crown, snapped his neck there, snapped his neck, and uh, yeah, I guess he's now Satan. So Lil Nas X to celebrate this song and celebrate and promote the release, mm-hmm. um, and to make a couple extra bucks, he's selling six hundred and sixty six pairs of Nike shoes with a drop of his blood in them, mm-hmm. and it's got uh, the name of this song and. And, and a verse from the Bible that says, and then Lucifer fell from the sky to hell, the great angel, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Origin yeah. story. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I was, I liked it. It was pretty good. So somebody's all mad about it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Nike doesn't want to be satanic, mm-hmm. I guess, which is fine. You know, everyone's got their freedoms. I guess. But like, would they sell a Led Zeppelin themed shoe? Of course, they probably have. Like Led Zeppelin's satanic, right? Not explicitly. Not lap dance with Satan. No, (laughs) satanic. (laughs) I mean, I know that uh, Jimmy Page was pretty into the Aleister Crowley stuff, Crowley. But I don't know that they like. I don't know if that counts as Satanism. That's like a new age. It's occultism. Yeah occultism but yeah i looked into the lester crawley occultism because mm-hmm. i wanted to get inducted into some sort of secret organization yeah 
for the cast. Mm -hmm. And it's so benign, like, I don't even want to do it. Yeah. It's basically just go hang out with some other guy with weird books (laughs) in his living room, eat some crab puffs or something, Mm -hmm. and then you go home. I don't think there's, like, any real explicit rules besides, like, uh, listen to science but not too much Mm -hmm. or something. Let's look him up. I think Aleister Crowley was really into like the butt sex, though. It's like, is that part of the? That was thing? part of his oh. magic, yeah. Okay. Aleister Crowley butt sex <laughs> on Bing. <laughs> Aleister Crowley's sex magic, magic with the K, Control F, ass. Well, he must have a good PR guy because it's hard to find the articles. I believe it, though. Yeah. I believe uh, Last podcast on the left just did like a three-parter on Aleister Crowley, and there's much butt sex to be uh, listened to being described. Oh, okay. I was about to say, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No wonder Last Podcast on the left gets them fucking audience. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I don't, I don't see how this is any more appalling than... References to Crowley with uh, old Ozzy or Zeppelin. It's like, it's more silly than anything. Yeah. Whereas other satanics, like they want a backwards mask. So yeah, is there a specific objection? Are they like, that he's glorifying Satan? Or like, what's what's the, what's the problem? I think Nike's just, you know, it's one of those big corporations. <clears throat> yeah. They don't need that creative destruction of some guy coming up with a big ad campaign for their, mm-hmm. one of their products that's, getting huge attention and it's a guy giving Satan a lap dance. <laughs> you know, they just want to say, they want to say, just do it, but not that. Right. I think that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll just stick with their, uh, Satanism light in their sweatshops. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's gotta be obscured. <laughs> and it's not so bad sweatshops. We're giving them a job. <laughs> they need a job. <laughs> do you know where they live? <laughs> So Nike is against Lil Nas X as Satan, but mm-hmm. I think I think the Scott Cast take on Lil Nas X as Satan is is a wholehearted approval. I'm glad you're doing this. I'm not paying a thousand dollars for a fucking shoe. Right. You know, I don't care who bled on it. In fact, if I would have gotten in one of those shoes, I'd be like, Can I have one that doesn't have biological material on it? <laughs> Good call. <laughs> right. Can I get a discount on that? <laughs> in the age of COVID, it's not the time to just be like uh Spreading your mass around. Yeah. But speaking of Easter, did you know that a a blind man now sees? Really? Yeah, they injected some CRISPR technology into his Mm. eyeball. It screwed around with his genetics. And boom. Sight. Hell yeah. Yeah. Take that, Jesus. Take that, Jesus. We're (laughs) only 2,000 years late, but (laughs) this is replicable. This is open source. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you did back then. I I just want the fish one or the wine one. Can I get one of those? <laughs> Can I get a handbook? <laughs> that's that's the one thing about the Bible. Like I don't want to get too much into it just in case my mom listens. Mm-hmm. But that's the one thing about the Bible that like if it was written by God with God's help, there should be at least one spell. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just put a spell in there. Mm-hmm. That that's like, okay, when you utter this. Like this happens, like a like a like a little light just flashes before your eyes, mm-hmm. and it's like Jesus, and he's like nodding at you, like like in a Disney movie, yeah, like a, a nod of approval. He's smiling. Ah, I see. We got some Florida man news. That's 
Always oh. good. Yeah. A biuvulid for- Florida man. Uh, He's a 20-year-old man. And yeah, that's a straight-up forked uvula. It's just two uvulas where there should be one. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's a genetic mishap, which is why it's important that it's Florida, because obviously that's where... <laughs> <laughs> it's like the mixing pot. Yeah. Do you think okay. this is a step forward in evolution? I don't even know what the purpose of the uvula is, so I don't know why you would need two. Me neither. Like, maybe he tastes things better. He has better control over his uh, appetites. Or his gag reflex. His gag reflex. (laughs) (laughs) He gives killer (laughs) blowjobs. Little Nas X is ringing his fucking door. (laughs) (laughs) Sliding down into his living room. Fucking heaven. (laughs) Yeah, he's also for a twenty-year-old. Look, at this guy, great teeth. Yeah, good teeth for Florida man, twenty-year-old man. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even realize he has a forked uvula, so he doesn't spend a lot of time looking there, right? <laughs> <laughs> he just now discovers it. Yeah, there's a pre- prevalence rate for this. It's, That's a wide range, right? Like either point one eight, so one one in every fifty people, or ten percent. One in every 10, like in a standard classroom. This is how I always understand statistics when it's like mm-hmm. one in 10 or something like that. I'm like, okay, in class, in, in high school and shit, like we kept going to classes and there's about 30 people per class. Mm-hmm. So one in 10 means three of those fuckers have a forked uvula. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in every single classroom. I don't know why I'm reading this, like expecting it to confirm that he gives blowjobs well. (laughs) (laughs) He may have speech abnormality. That's like the worst thing that could possibly happen. But yeah, I mean, we got mutated Florida men. I think like a lot of the news with coronavirus and the variants is Mm -hmm. that like these variants come usually from countries not having a good time with the virus, not having vaccines, Mm -hmm. where it's just spreading a lot. So naturally, the next stage in man, mm-hmm. we got to pinpoint where it's going to emerge. And I believe it's going to emerge in Florida. And this is proof. You know, we've got a biuvular man. Yeah. Bifurcated uvula. What is that called? Forked uvula. But I think bifurcated is good. I'm not sure that means the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. It's the B episode, everybody. Yeah, okay. Divided into two branches or forks. I have a weird superpower with words sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I shouldn't know any of this, but I do. So, Sibel hates Brendan Fraser? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Brendan Fraser, Ben Affleck, that those two people, mm-hmm. at the very least... Like I, I was talking with her, and like every time Brendan Fraser seems to come up with me or Ben mm-hmm. Affleck, which is more than with the usual person probably. Yeah. But like, wow, she becomes ice towards this person, and like the things she says are just so mean. <laughs> <laughs> like it got to the point where I was just like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> these particular actors, these B actors, yeah, Brendan Fraser and Ben Affleck. This is how she describes them. Brendan Fraser, clay-faced, like you can't see any of expressions on his face. It's just yeah. just this 
mold of clay that just keeps <laughs> moving. You know, just okay. morphing. And Ben Affleck, this is her name for him, Lady Lady Voice Affleck. <laughs> lady Voice Affleck. Okay. <laughs> so That wouldn't have been my problem with Ben Affleck. What's your problem with Ben Affleck? <laughs> uh, I just don't think he's a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like things that he's been in, but uh, I don't know. Like, melodramatic? Just like, kind of hokey? It's no, just melodramatic not, it's just not good yeah like i rewatched uh chasing amy not too long ago and it's kind of cringy going back yeah well yeah. that one's a cringy storyline to begin with yeah. yeah 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 but i don't know affleck in particular like it wasn't selling me on anything you know i watched justice league anyway yeah and halfway through it I just started like reading Kindle books mm -hmm. while I was playing in the background. I gotta say, I kept missing. I was just like, I'm just gonna watch the Ben Affleck Batfleck <laughs> scenes, but he would come up, and I would just be in my Kindle book, like trying to learn how to take notes. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't even notice that he was on the screen. And yeah, stuff. and he's fucking Batman, you know. He yeah, be a little better. I mean, his Batman design and his choreographed fighting excellent mm -hmm. you know good good batman that but like that's not ben affleck really that's yeah the people around him making him look good but ben affleck is bruce wayne both believable but a little too believable bruce wayne is bruce wayne and he acts the way he acts in public because he doesn't want to be noticed as anything but an eccentric billionaire mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to be found out as batman right and Ben Affleck plays this perfectly. But it also means that you're just not interested at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's all flat and effect, mm -hmm. affectless. F oh my God. Ben Affleckless. Yeah, it's Ben Affleck is affectless. <laughs> Ooh, say that five times fast. So So yeah, I would I would say that uh kind of flip it. Ben Affleck is kind of the the clay face man. Okay. And Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, I, I mean, he's not my favorite, but he's it's fine. Like, what's he been in? That's like, I don't think he's been in a movie that I would like uh, be naturally drawn to anyway. You know right. I mean, George of the Jungle. <laughs> yeah, like, it's fine. Yeah, he does what he needs to do for it. But uh, I don't have a hatred for for Brendan Fraser necessarily. He was outside uh, your in your alley rooting through your trash that one time. That's what I'm told. Yeah. Too bad you guys didn't get any on-the-street interviews for Scott <laughs> <laughs> Just accusing him. Sabelle says that you're clay-faced and a bad actor. What do you think about that? Then he just cries. <laughs> Poor Brendan Fraser. Yeah. I think I think Sabelle has a particular hatred mm -hmm. for the blank leading men. Yeah. And that's what I that's like the thing I'm like kind of connecting between Brendan Fraser and Ben Affleck, mm -hmm. the two B actors we've discussed, is that they're both like like the hot dog. And mm. the toppings are supposed to be your own psyche and your own mm. inserting yourself into the movie. Yeah. Like when you're watching Brendan Fraser fight a mummy, give quips and and be handsome, you're imagining yourself doing it. Not B Fraser. Yeah. B Fraser is the hot dog and you are the ketchup and the onions and the pickles and the the mustard. Yeah. 
and the possibly the buttering of the bun and then toasting the bun. Like you're that part of the bun, but right. not the bun and the and the stick of meat. So that's gotta, Brendan Fraser. That's B. Fraser. Gotta project your condiments. Yeah, you're yeah, <laughs> that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah, I can see that. Sabelle hates it. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe they don't do it. She can't project herself onto yeah. B. Fraser. I mean, I, B. Affleck. Maybe that's a man thing too. For a male watching the movie, you can project yourself into the male character. Mm-hmm. Whereas for a female, it's like there's no projecting. Doughy face, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thought. <laughs> yeah, I guess if I ever see a movie with like a female protagonist, right? Mm-hmm. Who's all doughy faced and shit? Yeah, I'm just gonna be like, this is the Ben Affleck of fucking <laughs> actresses. Just doughy faced. <laughs> yeah, I could see how it would be hard to relate to to that sort of character. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's like an interesting way the brain works, where it mm-hmm. tries to find its mirror image and That's it true. projects things out. Yeah, and globs on and tries to grok things by globbing onto it and mm-hmm. substituting experience using shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Getting into brain stuff now, huh? I feel like unless you want to talk about bottles of piss at Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can talk about brains. Yeah, so I came across a couple of brain articles. One was about um, gender differences and how there really aren't any. Okay, so what does that mean? Because you're going to have to explain it. Because when I think gender differences, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm a man. I got a hairy chest. Yeah. I fucking hang out with like my chest out. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I don't have a fucking understanding of masculinity. In terms of like brain structure and brain function, um, okay. gender doesn't play a role in anything there had been disputes about it for some like iq testing you know males tended to fare better with like spatial reasoning and females tended to fare better with other measures that i can't recall at the moment um but the differences were really like minute and like you couldn't predict that because you're a female you would do better in this particular thing or a male you'd do better in this particular thing so yeah the study just kind of delved deeper into that and it was like yep no uh gender doesn't really play a role in how you uh process or uh understand materials so if i get into an uber and it's a lady mm-hmm. driving yep i shouldn't be worried no <laughs> <laughs> okay so there's no differences inherent like maybe the roles themselves shaped the minor differences they saw in those other studies. I think that's probably what it is. Yeah. That, you know, like, like in the fifties, it's like, I, whenever I hear about these stories mm-hmm. and like, this is what it was determined. It would become common wisdom. It's like, I imagine people in the fucking seventies fucking testing people who lived in through the fifties, mm-hmm. like doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, of course the women don't have any fucking spatial reasoning because they weren't allowed to drive. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Yeah, or like, yeah, you give a, a child toys and it's like, yeah, boys play with trucks and Legos and they build things and girls play with dolls and they do this and that. And like, we're, yeah, we're uh, socialized to favor certain aspects depending on what gender we're assigned or attributed. But in terms of brain structure and functioning, those differences are non existent. Okay. 
shit. Put that away in your psyche if you're thinking that you should conform to your gender role specifically because it's how your brain is developed. Yeah, fuck that. Play with what toys you want. Right? Do what you want to do. Yeah. Be like Randy from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> <laughs> He's unapologetic. These are like So how does that explain like the gender dysmorphia where it's like uh I mean your your theory, I guess. But like you know, like uh, Gloria Hemingway, mm-hmm. you know, like all these other other situations we hear about all the time, mm-hmm. uh, people who are raised one way and then against it all, they they feel really strongly in another way. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're like, no, I'm definitely female. Not like, oh, I just like dolls, but I'm female and I don't like dolls, kind of thing. Right? How does that explain that if it's not like something to do with the brain, like the structure of it? I don't think that was included in the article. Well, they need to fucking do that. That's like the one thought I had. <laughs> That's a good question. We haven't identified an area of the brain that that uh, specifically genders us. There's not like a dick in the vagina part of the brain. <laughs> No. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Structurally, there are no differences. So... Um, but I mean, we we have different temperaments too. Even if we have structurally similar brains, right? So like, we can deal with the same information in different ways. Even if looking at scans, you can't see a difference. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's a different if thens. Yeah, through any human being, mm-hmm. I tell you the word house, and you picture a house. Mm-hmm. Like you either might picture something from childhood, some amalgam of several different houses, Mm -hmm. a cartoon drawing of a house, Hugh Laurie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's based on socialization. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that's how gender works or not, to be honest. Um, I mean, gender is definitely a construct that we develop based on like how we view differences. Yeah. I know in my family, there was a very distinct gender role kind of mm-hmm. teamage, but nothing about it was enforced. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm a guy because I'm with the guys and there I am with the guys and the idea is I'm a guy. That's like as far as anything got articulated. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's, we talked about the Kinsey scale before, right? No, maybe, yes. Yeah. No. Wait, maybe, I yes. I think we did. No. We did? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like uh your masculine feminine uh sort of range with like mixes in between so we identify traits as masculine or feminine but as individuals most of us fall in the middle somewhere mm-hmm. right okay so like at one end is like sylvester stallone masculine mm-hmm. neanderthal almost mm-hmm. caveman i don't know why we have to go to a different <laughs> species to really <laughs> flesh out masculine but there we are and on the other end is like like a lady version of Sylvester Stallone but like (laughs) (laughs) I I like uh, I don't know well I might be misspeaking again maybe I misspoke when we did it before I don't remember Um, (laughs) either way but it's like there's a scale for like attraction and there's a scale for like uh, identity, but they both operate similarly and it's like a spectrum rather than like this duality. 
So most of us have some level of androgyny where we're, we have masculine and feminine traits. And similarly, similarly, we have attraction to masculine and feminine traits. Right. Right. I may be like sexually attracted only to females, but also I have like a platonic attraction to masculine traits. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So like very rarely will you find like fully masculine and feminine individuals, either like in terms of sexuality or in terms of gender. But I got to imagine those people, those unicorns at the end of each spectrum mm-hmm. garner a lot of attention. <laughs> well, they, they get idealized and that's how we uh, socialize ourselves for some reason, even though none, almost no one fits into those categories. Well, I know, I'll tell you why. It's because we're running in an attention economy. Yeah. The people who get the money, the people who get the power, the people who capture the attention and get your business. Mm-hmm. Everything is a big democratic race. The best way to do that is like, I'm going to stick the most testosterone up steroid motherfucker in front of you and say, this is what my pants will do to you. (laughs) It'll move you this direction. You take off the pants when you feel comfortable, but look at this guy. He went all the way. (laughs) That captures your attention. It's like, how often do you see Mr. Testosterone Mm -hmm. and stuff like that? And so you associate Nike and Under Armour with fucking sports performance. Right. That's why I want to, again, applaud Lil Nas X. Mm. I want to say he's really more representative of the the mainstream in terms of uh, the human experience. The, the, the left dance for Satan <laughs> guy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, he's definitely got his He's own. comfortable with his masculine and feminine traits. He really is, yeah. He's comfortable and expressing it fully. Mm-hmm. And really, if anything... He's got a lot of energy <laughs> to do all that. Yeah. I don't think it's a factor of comfort that I don't express myself as completely as little Nas X does. <laughs> <laughs> There's something extra there. <laughs> it is. I, I want to say, like, one of the reasons I wanted to bring up the little Nas X mm-hmm. doing a lap dance for Satan is because it, it is kind of a groundbreaking fucking video and mm-hmm. artist like. There's never been like a so flagrantly openly like in your face gay rap pop hit. Yeah. Like that. Here's this guy doing it and he's so confident about it Mm -hmm. that he's going to also sell Satan shoes (laughs) (laughs) and draw the ire of giant multinational. I mean, he's probably not. He didn't probably didn't think of that through, but (laughs) but, you know, it is. It's fucking historical. So we got to get the Scott cast. Honestly, those shoes are pretty in line with like Catholic traditions okay tell me more (laughs) um because a lot of church well cathedrals will have uh there's a term for it i don't remember exactly what it is but they'll have like artifacts of saints so like bone fragments or blood oh right they've got like john the baptist head somewhere yeah well i don't know about that but (laughs) i think it's true man i'm looking that up but you go on yeah so like uh that's that's pretty traditional to like have body remnants of uh, saints in cathedrals. So that's kind of what he's doing with the shoes. He's putting some blood in there and he's just got a Bible verse. Like, so what if it pertains to Satan? It's a, it's God's word. It's God's word. So like, what's like I'm saying? What's with the problem? And then like, yeah, the, the reference is that he, he has fallen from some sort of grace, right? But like the juxtaposition 
is he's having the time of his life. He's fucking pole dancing all the way down to hell. <laughs> and when he gets to hell, like the big bad boss, who's supposed to be the guy fucking torturing him, just sits there and like grimaces while he's like having the time of his life again, fucking mm. lap dancing all over his fucking lap. And he's just staring off in the space like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then like in the middle of it all, bam, just fucking destroy all the power associated with mm -hmm. it by snapping its neck, wear the crown, dear little whatever with the fucking wings and all and call it a day yeah but yeah i think the church gets all uppity about like portrayals of evil but that's what the story is is good versus evil and that's like a universal meme not meme <laughs> i mean you're right though it's theme. like it's a universal theme but also meme works like yeah. if you use meme like an idea that spreads and stuff an archetype that's what I meant. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's like my view with like biblical stuff. Totally read read the Bible, read the stories, understand the stories, and like think about them maybe. Mm -hmm. Like what does this mean? For a lot of people who have like these roots like through Christianity in mm -hmm. their blood, that stuff passes down. Like memories and stuff. Weird stuff passes down genetically that science has no explanation for. Mm -hmm. Someone I knew was adopted and they never talked to their parents or anything like that until like they were like past their 20s. Mm -hmm. She got a letter from her mom. Her handwriting was honest to God, just like her own handwriting. Mm -hmm. Like, how the fuck does that happen? Something, something, something genetic. Yeah. You know, and like, I think memories and stories kind of pass down that way, especially when like it's the same stories you hear from 2,000 years ago to now, like the mm -hmm. flood stories in every culture somehow. Mm -hmm. Things like that just pass through in a way, and they mean something related to whatever it is we need to know, mm -hmm. at least through reproduction. After that, we're fucked. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, how is there going to be passing? How do you think our uh, pandemic story is going to pass through? I mean, everyone's going to stay inside more. It's going to be tales of the reckoning. Yeah. <laughs> Plague time and isolation. And what happened in the 20s, apparently, was they had that Spanish flu, mm -hmm. killed a bunch of people. And then when that kind of passed, everyone went hog wild and started fucking at the bars so hard that like they had to make prohibition and that didn't even work. <laughs> <laughs> and they did that all the way until the economy crashed. Yeah. Instigated World War Two, so Ian turns out mm -hmm. there is a head of John the Baptist somewhere. Yeah, and yeah, you heard me right, John the Baptist. I know he was beheaded. I didn't know that the head was uh, maintained. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what I'm clipping out for the beginning of the show. <laughs> uh, I don't know why it was retained, but it's good. Yeah, well, you know, it's up for doubt. Allegedly brought back from Constantinople. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Constantinople? Huh? Constantinople? Isn't that a song? There's a couple songs. Like, there might be giants. Constantinople? Yeah. Yeah. Istanbul is Constantinople. There it is. We got to have a vinyl night soon, man. Hell yeah. That's another thing that we need to do. I did the smart thing on eBay. Mm -hmm. I looked for an item within 10 miles of my home. Yeah. Because I am looking for an old TV. Mm -hmm. I want one that plays VHSs. Like the combos? Or like a... Like a 13-inch. Just a, an old CRT. An old CRT. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
that just plays a thing and it's like that shitty resolution and the flicker and the glow mm-hmm. and the roundness of the image. Mm-hmm. I want all of that back. Yeah. I want my nostalgia. I know it's like a drug and it's like there's a button in my brain that I'm like fucking pressing and like the harder I press, the harder mm-hmm. it's going to get to satisfy. But I'm pressing. Yeah, they're hard to find now, but you can you can track them down occasionally at like uh, deal thrift stores. Usually at the thrift stores, it's easier to find like the bigger ones, like the True. old projection TVs. The like 200 pound motherfuckers? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's easier to find those than like the little 13 inch ones. Okay. Yeah, they're out there. Yeah. I think the yeah, those large ones, they're not even economical to mm-hmm. sell on eBay or ship in any way. Mm-hmm. But I want to do that. I feel like that's going to be the best way to watch some things. And I want to get yeah. some adapters to like use it as like a monitor. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like throw YouTube videos on it. That like, would be fun as hell. Right? I'm sure there's a way you could do that. Yeah, I've seen that. Like there's enthusiast sites and stuff around like that are all about the idea of switching to cathode ray tube TVs. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, <laughs> they're just saying a bunch of dumb shit that I'm sure is not true. Like, <laughs> like the image is better. <laughs> it's more pristine. <laughs> okay. It doesn't make any sense, but. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you like the glow, you like the glow. Okay. Let's just leave it at that. But yeah, I want one of those TVs where the fucking the image is rounded and mm-hmm. like you touch it and a little piece of a static shock. <laughs> and then I, I can like walk over to, uh, the mile to your house with it in my bag. I mean, we've got, I think we've got some of the like combo ones in our basement. They're not ours, but they're the landlords, but I'm You're sure we're not going to miss them. Yeah, we can use them if you want to watch VHS <laughs> on a shitty TV. I do. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hell yeah. You should uh, make an offer to them eBay style, you know, like, uh, I'm sure she would give them to us if we, like when we move. We'll probably take them. Okay. <laughs> You'll eighty bucks minimum, mm-hmm. plus shipping on any any of those TVs. So if you if you're a Scott Castigator and you have one of those TVs around, let me know. I'll pay you twenty bucks and give you a signature. <laughs> give you a signature. I will write my my name on my fucking index card. And give it. You <laughs> <laughs> will do the same thing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm just saying you will. <laughs> Though, how's this for a VHS collector? Would you trust those little VHS players in the little mini TVs? Um, I would test it with a tape that I was not attached to first. <laughs> so you've got that ability because you've got that kind of wide swath of yeah. tapes to choose from. <laughs> you've got a whole fucking army of, well, we could just throw this. <laughs> 60 Jerry's you can unwrap. <laughs> By the way, uh, for anybody keeping track, Master Charles, uh, Ian's collection of Jerry's has only expanded. I've made the one purchase of Jerry's, Mm -hmm. which put me handily in the lead of Jerry's. But you've been buying up Jerry's every chance you get. As I see them, I'll pick them up. Yeah, As you see them, you know. So you're fucking climbing up right up to me. We're about, we're almost going to be equal in fucking Jerry's. I would say so, yeah. And you've got more of the loved Jerry's, the Warren Jerry's, the mm-hmm. Jerry's that provided actual feelings of mirth and excitement <laughs> and heart racing trepidation and anticipation of a Hollywood climax. 
All my Jerry's a version that nobody's ever even seen them. Nobody will see them <laughs> <laughs> unless we need to test a fucking shitty TV. <laughs> Frank Depp is putting me in a weird state of mind. That's good. Yeah. He didn't do any drugs. He, Salvador Dali claims to not do any drugs as well. Salvador Dali is a drug. That's so what he, he says. Go yeah. fuck off. <laughs> is that what he said? He said he was a drug. Yeah. He said, I, I don't need to do drugs. I am drugs. <laughs> he said it like that <laughs> <laughs> well, he deserves it yeah he uh, deserves that's, it that's sort of my stance on things like yeah if your imagination is wild enough like why bother right I mean I would say the impulse for most people doing drugs is not to have any imagination just fucking quell <laughs> everything just put everything on fucking hold for a minute so if your imagination gives you fucking joy, mm-hmm. holy shit, max that out. Yeah. Get addicted to that. Go to rehab where you have to like stare at a blank wall all day. <laughs> no, that would be terrible. The rehab would be like, you have to learn humility before your ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Just constant conversations with geniuses. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. And I need that rehab. I would go to that. Like I would sign up for that. Yeah. Um, imagination rehab. Like they have like the AI reincarnated version of Picasso and Salvador mm-hmm. Dali and James Joyce and stuff. And you just sit there in conversation with them and like James Joyce's robots getting drunk and shit. And then oh, just, this would be rehab for who? This is rehab for people who think too much of themselves when they have imagination. Okay. <laughs> I could see that. Cause yeah, just thinking like Picasso and Joyce would probably be like super depressing to talk to. <laughs> I think Joyce is a happy-go-lucky guy at the yeah. end of the day. Picasso, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta pick a period. <laughs> Don't go blue period, Picasso. Right. He'll be like, I see body parts littered across the field. <laughs> Six sides of the heart displayed in front of me at once. In pieces, clavicles. But I mean, if you need to be knocked down a few pegs with your imagination, that's a solid business model. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine the ads for that? <laughs> are you thinking too much and the ideas are too good? <laughs> you think you're on top of the world, but everyone says you're not? <laughs> Come over here. We'll, we'll fuck your worldview up. <laughs> I wonder what who would do better, though. Someone you respect as an artist in a conversation with them. Just a jovial, normal conversation. And then like seeing the depth of their mind. Mm-hmm. Or let's say Sabelle has a conversation with Ben Affleck slash Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> and like they reveal like this aesthetic to their approach mm-hmm. that just completely beguiles her and bewilders her. Yeah. And and bewitches her even maybe. Mm-hmm. All the B words. <laughs> I, I mean. It's more therapeutic. Damn. That's tough. I think actually I would. I would like to see Sabelle accept the artistry of Ben Affleck and Brendan <laughs> Fraser. <laughs> like that's a fucking journey. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's more powerful when you when the underdog kinda <laughs> is has redemption. Yeah. As opposed to like someone you already revere and it's like, wow, of course this is gonna be amazing. Or maybe they're gonna be like assholes and it's gonna not be great. But that's that's just vindication. Yeah. 
right? Like, not only do you have your hatred for their performances, but now you have a hatred for them as people. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just wondering why they get any jobs at all, and your cynicism just goes into full bore. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a fall from grace story. That's Nazak's right to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would be as inspiring as... Uh... The redemption of Ben Affleck. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally what this is called. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's 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 a full journey to see the redemption of of an artist like that, and like the widening of your own experience. Yeah, to accommodate like whatever would redeem this man. And like the saddest part is, is if it was all filmed and the transformation happened and Sabelle had this full character arc all the way through the darkness of the standard plot and and it's fucking gripping and Oscar worthy. At the end of the day, the other actor's Ben Affleck. (laughs) (laughs) She's not going to like the movie. (laughs) Like I have an impulse to defend Ben Affleck. Yeah. I like him. I think a big part is because he's in like the the shit pack with Kevin Smith and right. and Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And Matt Damon, by the way, all fairness to Sabelle, she adores Matt Damon. Matt Damon is definitely the far superior actor <laughs> of the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I think it's so funny to point it out. But uh, yeah, she loves Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon can't do wrong, and I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, she often compares me to Matt Damon, perhaps in a hopeful, wistful manner. <laughs> but still, she uh, glosses over my negatives by comparing me to Matt Damon's <laughs> certain roles, mm-hmm. mostly born identity. <laughs> Baptist John the Baptist his head is in Spain. You can go look at it. I'm sure they did some sort of. Um, is it just a skull or is it like mummified I mean that would be awesome actually if it was mummified let's see I'm trying to find a good one I guess history channels same vaulted network that gave you Mm -hmm. pawn stars is good enough and ancient aliens (laughs) I mean that one is true (laughs) oh I thought (laughs) I thought it was that ad (laughs) this is this dog (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like, oh geez they did mummify it. <laughs> oh my god it's disgusting uh, that was totally ruined that was totally useless John the Baptist had science I don't think they're I don't think they allow it they probably don't yeah. allow it they know it's like some asshole named Steve <laughs> <laughs> Steve the Baptist yeah <laughs> lost his head because a fucking donkey kicked it off <laughs> this is a beautiful B episode yeah, I'm having a good time. Right? Shit, I think we still got some more brain stuff to talk about. That's right. We only went through halfway. So, okay. Yeah, this one, you're going to have to take the lead 100%. Mm-hmm. But tell me, I don't even know if this is right. That's not accurate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they're doing a pretty large study in the U.S. of brain scans... Um, they've got 21 different sites across the country. Nearly 1,200 children are participating. They're going to scan their brains every two years over the course of 
the next 10 years to kind of see what happens. So, I mean, we've got like smaller studies where we kind of know like what, what happens throughout. And so we had some expectations coming in, um, but the first batch of data came out and there was some surprises, I suppose. Uh, so as you would expect with like such a large study, there's like a small proportion that are like, oh, you've got something terribly wrong with you. (laughs) (laughs) Abnormal. The Frankenstein brain. So like one in 500, there's like, oh, this is a problem. We need to intervene right now. Um, one in 500, that's like a kind of high rate, but not super high. No. Kind of what you would expect. Um, that's, that's, uh. According to my high school analogy, that's two kids in your class, yeah. your whole graduating class. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. I'm sure there was two kids with brain abnormalities <laughs> in the fucking graduating class. One in 25 have abnormalities that are minor but warrant medical attention. Okay. So, like, that's not, more. Not, not life impacting necessarily, but like uh, treatable. Um, one in five had unexpected abnormalities. 20%. That's pretty huge. Yeah. What's unexpected abnormalities? Um, many of these abnormalities may simply be anatomical variants and should be no cause for concern, the research- researchers say. Just odd-shaped brains. Yeah. Um, so I guess the big take-home there is like we develop differently, and that's kind of to be expected. They're like... There's some variation naturally, right? That's mm-hmm. that's how evolution happens. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so that's not like super groundbreaking. Although it was a little uh, more than was expected. So one in five people have a brain that's like a big wonky. Functionally, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it does everything it's supposed to do. Yeah, might look a little weird, but it's fine. So yeah. ugly brains, basically, is what we're saying. One out of five brains is ugly. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we'll see over the course of the the study, like, whether that normalizes or if that's, like, just kind of what it what happens or... Um, yeah, maybe so like, they're just growing in weird ways. Yeah, there's there's some level of variation that we would expect. Like one kid who's a cab driver has emotional intelligence mm-hmm. plummets, but his ability to go through New York on a Sunday is fucking phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I guess I'm curious to see more uh, details about like what the abnormalities were, and I guess I might have to wait for some papers to come out related to that. I'm curious if like social or environmental differences in our culture now compared to like when we established our brain knowledge are impacting things. For instance, all that plastic that makes that's making our dicks shrink. For, for instance, yeah. Yeah. If it's making our dicks shrink, it's probably making something shrink upstairs too. It could be. I wonder about the the impact of technology. That's definitely been like within the last 20 years, like a, a pretty massive uh, exponential change. I got to imagine memory is going to be astronomically different in 50 years than it mm-hmm. is today as than it was 50 years ago. 
Yeah. Like, we don't need to remember facts. We just Googled the entire story of John the Baptist's fucking head. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we don't need calculators. We don't need any of this shit. We don't need any of that because it's available at a drop. But, like, what do we need in our head just to be percolating there to make ideas happen? Mm -hmm. It's just salient facts and salient experiences in the world. So, like, our own personal experiences are going to matter more and more and more. Which it might be why we're having so many uh, little Nas X's dropping out of the heavens, lap dancing with Satan. <laughs> so many uh, identity issue mm-hmm. politics, like really taking a strong hold. Well, it becomes very uh, personal and like not scientific at that point, or not not fact based. Not uh... well, yeah, it exceeds the pace by an astronomical amount. Yeah. It's like a fucking rocket ship compared to a horse and buggy. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not about it's not about what we know it's about what we feel and we don't have a way to like prioritize the rich man's feelings next to a poor man's feelings mm-hmm. next to anybody's feelings next to anybody's feelings right that's all amorphous blobbish territory and is because like a story that like uh highlights a terrible fucking situation for one person will will gather as much attention for me as any other fucking story about any other person. It's mm-hmm. a level playing field. Yeah. We're not used to a level playing field. Heed my words, Scott Castigators. <laughs> <laughs> Weird developments in life. Mm-hmm. Wonder if these abnormal brains are all like mutations that are like wouldn't have been there a hundred years ago. That's what I'm wondering, yeah. Like we're just like, you know what? We have so much freedom to do whatever we want. Like, we got to find out the best use of a brain, and the only way to do that is row one and five on a completely random path. <laughs> Here we go, Mother Nature's doing it. <laughs> Just putting our chips down. You know, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a few uh, strange geniuses come out of Gen Z. I think. I think so. Yeah, like people yeah. who've had unlimited fucking access to information for their whole fucking life. <laughs> Like, I remember going to bookstores as a kid and being so excited to get random how-to books. Like, this is how you build a goddamn birdhouse. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking build a birdhouse, but I have the how-to book. <laughs> you know? And now those kids that were me, that had that appetite, that found, found a way to get that literature, mm-hmm. they have it. And they can do it for free within a few keystrokes and build themselves a nuclear reactor. Yeah. Some kid did that shit. Tennessee. Yeah. (laughs) Of all places. Tells you how universal it is. (laughs) Seems like an awesome idea. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) shit. Why not? You know? I mean, that is technically how nations prosper, according to economists. Mm -hmm. The ingredients you need are a centralized authority within the country. So Mm -hmm. it's like, no one disputes who's going to kill you if you do something wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You need that. And you need um, opportunity within every person in the country Mm -hmm. to do and make do with what they will. and Because this mitigates creative destruction. Mm -hmm. Like with an authoritarian country that's a little too tight, 
they don't like creative destruction because like they build everything to fucking work and they're going to make sure it keeps working. Mm-hmm. Creative destruction causes turbulence and they don't like turbulence. Right. You know, cause like their fucking cousin secretary of this bullshit. But if your invention gets invented, then their job is useless and right. I need to protect their job. Yeah. So, so your invention sucks. Go suck a dick. <laughs> That's how that works. But, only in the past 200 years we've discovered this other way of behaving as humans mm. where we're just like, you know what? You got a good idea. If it fucking works, it fucking works. I don't care. I'm going to go drink. If you can find an idea better than drinking, you're welcome. And then like two, 100 years later, marijuana dispensary shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's creative destruction for you. There you go. It's needed for expansion. And that's what these Gen Z fucking kids are going to be with their abnormal brains Mm -hmm. they have unlimited ability to just destroy everything we've we've done for the sake of efficiency damn do we need to correct this (laughs) are we just gonna let chaos reign let chaos reign i mean it's not (laughs) chaos when it's uh building towards something okay i guess the biggest i guess the only thing i would be fearful of is like Okay, so what is our rhythm of creative destruction? Yeah. Because we got to have a certain amount of society stable, right? Right. Because if we, like, I don't want to wake up every day being like, oh, you're the boss now? Oh, you're the boss now? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, what could society bear at any given time? And then just do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a terrible balance we have to find. Uh, balance. I think that's one of the things I struggled with growing up. Was uh, I had qualms about uh, the way society was structured, and how do I illustrate this? Let me think. All right. So we're going to take a roundabout way to describe this. I can't remember how we even came to this point. Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but basically, like uh, like a lot of folks, I, I struggle with some depression in my teen years. Um, and did a lot of therapy, and part of it was brain stuff, right? So... We did our our standards cognitive behavioral therapy, which is like pretty evidence based and tried and true for for depression. Um, but it didn't seem to be working. I think from a developmental standpoint, that makes sense. Talking about brain development, blah blah blah. We'll get back to that. Okay. But uh, so nothing seemed to be working, and so we we did this uh, biofeedback thing. We're like, well, we can't reason it away let's try and fix your brain (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna fuck with your brain now sir (laughs) you're being stubborn you little shit (laughs) so uh i mean it it's based off of behavioral stuff like the pavlov kind of deal or like uh, skinner um really that that basic like yeah what you'd be sad and then like they'd shock you or ring a bell not exactly like that so we're rewarding uh brain waves that are in the range that i want to be in yeah right so they like 
find there's like little locations on your skull and they put the little jelly and have little sensors so they can read your brain waves. And you put on this cap and it's really uncomfortable. And then they uh, they get a readout on their computer. And it's like got all your alpha waves and your beta waves and your gamma waves and whatever other waves. I'm not a neuroscientist, so I don't know the specifics I'm about. I'm sure it's a Greek letter. Yeah. <laughs> Greeks, yes. Um, so, so there's these, you know, oh, these look uh, wider than we want them to be. We want to shrink those down. We're going to get you feeling good. And so they set parameters for where they want your waves to be. And you put some music on and just kind of let it go. And when your waves get beyond the parameters that they set, the music shuts off. And you kind of wait to reset your brain to where they want it to be. And then the music comes back on. It's, it's like a reward. Such a weird experiment. It's like weird. it can't possibly work. <laughs> it's like, not very science based, even though it's based on like even though they're using a theory a lot of that's like really equipment. accurate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not sure that the the fellow who uh, did it was trained appropriately. Because <laughs> every time it went off, you just kind of like reset it manually. I'm not sure if that's what you're supposed to do or if you're supposed to let me correct it. That seems like what you would want to do. Yeah. So it's like, just wait until it crosses the threshold because you're you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Really reset it. Yeah. So, uh, so I remember it being really uncomfortable. You're hooked up in a, yeah, you got like electrodes in your head. It felt like I could feel my synapses firing or not firing. And... Which is an interesting thought. Yeah. By itself. And I don't think that's really what happened because that doesn't make sense. It sounds like a headache. It was very, yeah, it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. Um, I know how to make you less sad. We're going to induce headaches <laughs> and make you quit on your own. <laughs> <laughs> but all that to say, uh, I think like developmentally, my brain was where it should have been. Um. And my real problem was like accepting how shitty the world is. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I had some like self-esteem stuff about how I fit into the world because I like didn't like the systems that I had to fit into. But you had to get over the fact it wasn't an inferiority complex. Right. It was just... And I was fine with that. Like CBT <laughs> worked with like, oh, I'm okay. Uh-huh. But it didn't work with like this system is okay and i exist in this system and that was the problem yeah you need some but you need like a cat you need like fucking think, richard branson to take you <laughs> under his wing and be like let me show you how fast a plane flies right. <laughs> <laughs> so like developmentally a teenager is pretty self-centered and like impulsive and shitty right Yes, <laughs> as am I. <laughs> so that's where I was at, and like that makes sense. And like at some point, I I accepted that the world is a piece of shit, and I just got to do the best I can with this piece of shit world, and like work to change it gradually over time. And I have limited power in that, but I can do what little I can do, and that's what it is. It is what it is. That's the therapy I needed. Is it is what it is. It is what it is. Wow. 
Is it that deep with you? Do you have like as that that is a mantra every day when you're kind of yeah? Some I mean, sort of influence. Yeah, uh, and I I have to keep that in mind with the kids I work with too. Like, <laughs> boy, the things I was worried about in my teen years have gotten worse <laughs> <laughs> in terms of our systems. So. Yeah, you did. You you rushed right to the crack in the system just to stare at the gaping wound <laughs> that you hated so much. Yeah. And that's where you found balance in a weird, but makes sense, actually, way. Staring into the void every day. Yeah, that's your fucking job, and that's where you found solace. I guess. Would you call it that? <laughs> uh, it is what it is. <laughs> So you got to let go of that at some point. Like, yeah, if I was worried about the systems endlessly, like it, it just, it would be uh, useless. Yeah. It'll so, be, it'll be throwing yourself out of electric fence. Yeah. So you kind of shift your focus to like the here and now and what I can control. And this is a great song. Ooh, the Muffin Man. You know, in this song, they mentioned the, the like the electric muffin research facility or whatever yes. the fuck it's called, <laughs> <laughs> which is the studio of which Frank Zappa records and also now Lady Gaga. Hell yeah. That's the bifurcation right there. Boom. <laughs> and while she bought it for 5.6 million so like would you say like another artist deserved the Frank Zappa studio besides Lady Gaga possibly and that's a that's a systemic thing but you know mm -hmm. capitalism exists in market prices yeah and the and Dweezil Zappa needed a fucking influx of income after <laughs> <laughs> so but um Back to your revelation upon which mm -hmm. you've based your entire life. <laughs> um, that's that's just fucking crazy, man. Like, I don't think I know anybody in my life who has an actual fitted story for like they identified the problem that they couldn't get over, and they found a way to stoically deal with the problem in a way. Yeah. Like didn't solve the problem. Well, yeah, we moved around the problem. <laughs> I mean, it's a understanding of life that there there are problems that one man cannot solve. Yeah, but can contribute to. Yes, and your life is an embodiment of that principle. That's the goal. It seems it seems less of a goal than just a lifestyle. <laughs> honestly, yeah, you know, and you live that way, and it's great. It's exactly what this. It's exactly what has been enabled by the society so far. Because, like, like you said, like with Brendan Fraser and Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like there's a lot of there's bad, there's good, there's a uh -huh. full positive, there's full negative. There's a middle ground where mm -hmm. maybe we can appreciate the acting styles of Brendan Fraser and Ben Affleck for. I'm what sure there's some intricacies there that we've not identified yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying hard to be as smart as you right now. <laughs> it's not working. It's like a flailing. 
there's a greater truth mm-hmm. that that cannot be attacked head on, and like there's an acceptance that you can't just accept it head on. Mm-hmm. I feel like because the truth itself can't ever be known by any one person, but by relating it to other people, like see if Sabelle could just filter her love of Ben Affleck through the way I view Ben Affleck, <laughs> she would like him more. Right. <laughs> be more thing. And like, you you filter your hate of the unfair systems of the world through, okay, what can I do to mitigate it? What opportunities are available for me mm-hmm. to make this better for the people most at harm by it? Mm-hmm. How can I be the nurse instead of the, I don't know, groveling spinster in the streets? <laughs> I need more B words. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's yeah. where I'm at, I guess. Yeah. With, with the whole stimulus of this episode so far. So, uh, I was going to relate that back to brain study somehow. Let me think. Um, so you understood the experience of feeling your brain in action, even though this study was flawed by the way. Possibly, the yeah. I, it may have been uh, just kind of a sensory anomaly. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, I wonder, like, what again? What these uh, unusual observances have been with the the initial state of. Uh, the brain imaging and whether maybe that could be a solution to my problem with, with the world <laughs> well with uh, some brain imaging uh, switch ups no with like uh, this younger generation coming up if, if maybe some of them are like Ooh. again when we see variation that's part of evolution and maybe they're um advanced as opposed to uh disadvantaged you know yeah if it turns out to be like gen z has this in a disproportionate amount Mm -hmm. that like because of this um infinite commune that they exist in with the internet Mm -hmm. from comprehension to adulthood they they have an opportunity to be a completely different generation than the one preceding it. Mm-hmm. And there is a progressive hope to that and a conservative fear. Yes. <laughs> well, there's always fear with change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And for me, since I don't have kids, I'm like, fuck it, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't need... I don't need this to exist in my old age. Like, if it becomes apocalyptic landscape and I die because, like, I tried to seal band-aids out of a, a <laughs> abandoned pharmacy and someone shotgun my face off, that's that's life. <laughs> that's act two of zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> it's getting to be... Uh, the, there's rumors that we're going to be locked down again tomorrow in Michigan. Yeah, numbers are raising again. But I hope if we do lock down tomorrow, it's stringent and Whitmer takes political flack and 
the fucking virus fucking ends. <laughs> You're hopeful that people will finally do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Because here's my true need. Like, yeah, we've got all these real human tolls that we need to mitigate against and, and hope that we can prosper and stuff. But economically speaking, only new ideas are the things that progress society. And the newest film idea in the world needs this fucking pandemic to end. We need to make zombies, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, I'm not comfortable bringing in a crew at the moment, I guess, while things are in such flux. But uh, I have firm belief that zombies as a film is going to blow people's minds. You know, I can imagine us in 2024's Planet At Movie fucking expo revealing zombies and everyone being like, guys, I haven't cried at cinema in 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) When you guys smashed Sneaky D's head in because he said too many puns, it was like my entire life indicated before my eyes. (laughs) And we got to get production on that. Yeah. Luckily, luckily, we're not at the stage at all where we need to bring anybody into a room. (laughs) (laughs) True. We need to write some stuff down about it. Mm -hmm. Get some scenes done. Get a time made. Get a few settings established. Mm -hmm. Character lists. And then we're going to be ready. We're going to start palatable productions. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I'm glad that you had that just like, you know what this needs. <laughs> Would you like a drink or a water or something? Um, I'm still good. Okay. Cuz we're at plenty of tape, but I don't feel like stopping. Yeah, we got do we got uh, more B stuff, don't we? Sure we got more B stuff. Oh yeah, B. Yeah. Bottles of piss. Oh, okay. Well, let's skip bottles of piss. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> that's just more capitalism. I don't want to. Yeah. That's that's all that is. It's like people at Amazon are uh, pissing in bottles because they're on the line packing boxes or some shit. Yeah. I was, I, I grew up next to a, like a developing neighborhood when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I would, you know, at the end of the night, just like. Go take a walk and fucking walk through a construction site. That is the most fun. You can go into these fucking houses that are just open yeah. and hang out and fucking walk up unfinished stairs and it's like a skeleton of a building. <laughs> it's fucking beautiful, you know? It's awesome. It's like mm-hmm. it's like walking around in God mode. Yeah. You know? And like I would go there with my siblings and stuff and like one time we were exploring this house and... uh and like there was like bottles littered on the floor, and I was like, "Hey, this bottle's full." And I lifted it up, and it like it was like a lemonade, <laughs> like a like a dark lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Hey guys, look at this! Someone just left a whole bottle." And they're like, "Scott, <laughs> that ain't it." <laughs> so I'm experienced with pits bottles. Nice. You know, so like when people were like, there are people who work at Amazon who have to piss in bottles. I was like, all right. Mm -hmm. Well, did it fill up too much? (laughs) (laughs) Were the bottles smaller than needed? (laughs) I don't see a problem, really. (laughs) 
people people on a site with porta potties pissed in bottles because it was just more efficient. <laughs> Do you want to go into an Amazon warehouse bathroom? I don't know. Just piss in a bottle. Yeah. I mean, if you could piss in a bottle and get a fucking promotion, maybe the system's working. <laughs> 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 what's our book of records oh so a man got a guinness book of world record for watching avengers endgame 191 times in a row why <laughs> well the why is because somehow he proved it mm. um but the why he did it is a mystery mm-hmm. because that's too many times to watch avengers endgame yes Right. But I want Scott Cast to have a fucking record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we watch Law and Mortar Man twice. <laughs> yeah, I think we should watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a third time, and then boom, we've got a record. Most times watching Law and Mortar Man with Pierce Brosnan. Probably, and yeah. One guy with overalls. Yeah, I, I would believe it. Yeah. I think we should start like a world record book of records people don't want to own. Mm-hmm. Amount of times you listen to, or you watch one more man. Yeah. Amount of times you listen to, I don't know, bare naked ladies. <laughs> Biggest bare naked ladies fan. Boom, you get a record. Right. You know, I think we can have our own book of records. Mm-hmm. We'll start with our own records. I did watch a movie uh, that. One probably wouldn't expect me to watch recently. Would you watch? Uh, took a peek at the the new uh, Godzilla vs Kong. Did you check that I've out? I've been trying to get people to watch it with me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> how'd you think of it? Would you what you think? It was all right. Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, it was. Uh, Billy Bobby Brown was her performance stunning. No. Fair. None of the like people performances were great. Uh, the story wasn't great. Didn't make a lot of sense. Science doesn't check out. But um, the monster fights were pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. What kind for of being fuck? all what CGI? What do you want for a seventy story tall ape? Yeah, like for for being all CGI, like it, the CGI was pretty well done for the most part, and it was like fun to watch. You saying CGI like, is well done for the most part is tantamount to a I would have rather had people in suits and like miniatures and just like fucking each other up on miniatures, but for what it was, it was fun. Okay. It was fine. It was palatable. Palatable. <laughs> three out of five. A palatable three out of the five for King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. Kong versus Godzilla. He's not king in this. Uh yeah. What was their storyline for getting King Kong into the mainland? Um, he was in like a uh, like a matrixy thing, like a matrix. He was inside a, a computer, kind of like a dome, a computerized dome to like uh approximate Kong Island but not have him on Kong Island because 
Godzilla would come after him for some reason. Because Godzilla's just fucking up all the other kaiju. I don't know. If something's big as King Kong, no, something as big as Godzilla, Godzilla's going to go after it being like, what's my name? What's the first syllable of my name? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but, but, um, there's like a kind of Elon Musk figure who's running the, the tech company. A and, uh, he's like, oh, we need this mysterious, uh, nuclear energy that's only in the middle earth whatever the not middle earth the hollow earth <laughs> it's only with sauron <laughs> this is the one ring it's in the hollow earth so they take kong out to send him to hollow earth to find the like nuclear crystals or some so shit they, they send king kong on a mission to get yeah basically crystals? yeah it didn't, like I said, it didn't make any sense. And also right. they get to like the center of the earth where this is and it's like the gravity's all fucked up. Like it's it's uh it's like a primordial earth setting where there's like volcanoes, but it's like kind of tropical. But it's the center of the earth, so the same uh landscape is on the bottom of the screen and the top of the screen. The gravity acts to keep him on the ground somehow instead of just crushing him immediately. Right. <laughs> uh, this is weird phantom point in the metal that, that exerts its the sky. And there's a light source from somewhere. God knows where. Point is it's day, bitch. <laughs> so yeah, they're in this like hollow earth uh, dimension. I don't know. Maybe it's another dimension. I don't fucking know. Okay. It doesn't matter. Might as well be dimension. You just get he gives he gets the thing. They go back to the surface and they fight in Tokyo, and that's what the movie's about. Let me tell you how I'd make a King Kong vs. Godzilla movie. Yeah, I know everyone's dying to hear my <laughs> my fucking uh, creative venture with it. This is how it would go, like. We're in a universe where Godzilla exists mm -hmm. because he showed up and Millie Bobby Brown already did the movie. Yeah. All right. So we got another Millie Bobby Brown vehicle and we needed to fucking fill it with two monsters instead of one mm -hmm. because the one monster didn't do enough fucking job. So we got a Godzilla and he's already established and his backstory is good. But now we just basically need to throw in a King Kong. So mm -hmm. how do we do that? Here's how we do that. There's an island in the ocean and some asshole shows up to it. <laughs> okay <laughs> that's it yep <laughs> he wakes up King Kong and he's like I'm awake now and I'm fucking pissed because you're here and he's like he slaps the asshole away mm -hmm. he's like okay oh shit that's a big fucking monkey and then Godzilla shows up it's like why are you such a big monkey and then the monkey's like <laughs> fuck you he punches him in the face dude two hours later we have a we have a full movie <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's all the setup like too much attention is paid to like trying to be clever during the setup yeah fuck the setup yeah fuck the setup the setup was bad fuck the setup like zombies your mm. movie idea where you know what the setup is simple and stupid and someone it's, poisoned a it's field and some crazy ass bees happen yep done the setup good enough there's a guy with puns that we beat the shit out of later 
That's inspired, but it's still set up and it's easy. Yes. <laughs> we don't need setup. We need payoff. And that's what Hollywood doesn't understand because they sell the setups in the trailers. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, the trailer, because they don't want to give away the ending because they're all butthurt over people saying, you give away the ending in the trailer. Yeah. So now they just stick this up. And it's just a bunch of bullshit. Like, now we got five superheroes in one movie. <laughs> <laughs> what happens? They talk and then they do shit. That's the part they don't say. Yeah. Hub drugs, grudge. It's good stuff. Anyway, what the fuck drew you to watching that? It was available. So is everything else in your universe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's new. It's the novelty really drew you. I mean, like, I know you don't want to admit it. I like the the old kaiju movies. They're fun. They're dumb too, but sometimes it's it's nice to just have a dumb action movie. You know. Oh, yeah. That's like my main fucking genre. <laughs> yeah. Give me the dumb action movie. Give me give me Independence Day. That's a classic for a reason to me. Mm-hmm. You know? Will Smith punches an alien. He's like, welcome to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I watched some, some B movies recently, too. What did I watch? I, I bought uh, Cauldron Films, released some new shit. Okay, what does that mean to me? What what's a cauldron film? That's a distribution company that like unearths lost B movies from the good old days. Ugh. That's where I got uh American Rickshaw. <laughs> Did we watch that together? Or I watched no. that by you, myself. No, you watched that by yourself and imagine a conversation <laughs> with me while watching it. <laughs> I thought about you while I was watching it. That's that's an honor. Um, but I watched Beyond Terror recently. That's a Spanish, uh, boy. What, what, what would you call it? It's kind of like a exploitation horror deal from Spain in the eighties. Okay. Uh, it starts out like kind of like a biker flick, where there's like this group of biker hooligans and uh, they like rob a diner and shoot some people and take some hostages and they're like "Uh, we gotta get out of here and I don't know what they were trying to do trying to get some money (laughs) from people I don't know point is they're bad they're bad people (laughs) so they go and like "Uh, we just shot a bunch of people and the cops are after us we gotta get away so they go out to the country and there's like this house and they like break in and just like burn some lady and her kid alive. <laughs> <laughs> and like as they're leaving, the lady happens to be a Satanist and like... You know how they all are puts, uncommonly powerful. <laughs> puts a curse on them. <laughs> and so they end up at like this abandoned church and this curse, like the ghost of the child and this woman and her dog, like murder all of them. And uh, the dog murders? The dog also murders, yes. Okay. Joins in. And uh, it's kind of slow paced, like, 
gothic horror until the end when there's like some pretty decent gore. It's an explosive ending. We'll say that. Ooh, everyone explodes. Hint, hint. Into gore-filled balloons. All right, all right. So yeah, B-movies for our B-episode. Oh, uh, yeah. I give a, th- a thumbs up, a solid three and a half out of five for Beyond Terror. Half a point better than Godzilla vs. Kong or Kong vs. Godzilla or whatever. Half a point better and about $2 billion less. Yes. In production. <laughs> That's fair. Um, oh, here's a movie I watched recently. Have you seen the... Have you seen the It, the remake? With, um, with we, the... we tried to watch and we gave up when we saw the the clown because it was... You didn't like... It wasn't Tim Curry. It was not good. It was bad. Uh, it's not supposed to be Tim Curry. I know, but it was bad. You don't want it to be Tim Curry. I Tim do Curry's want it to be Tim, Tim Curry. No, but Tim Curry's Tim Curry. Let yeah. him be Tim Curry. That was the only good part of the original It. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tim Curry. So, uh I don't know. I watched both. Yeah. Both films, but both of the new ones are both like the old ones. Both one of the, the new, new ones. ones. Okay. And I've seen the other ones. Too. Yeah. Um, I liked it. And I think a big part of it is, is they really can they kind of abandon the focus on the monster as the clown mm-hmm. iconically mm-hmm. and make it more about the fact that it, changes form and like it is fear and it's meant to inspire fear and so it's more consistent with the book it just yeah it's more consistent with the book and it and it just likes the clown the best because it thinks it's funny (laughs) because it's millions of years old and it needs to be entertained yeah so it it will do the clown but it will but it's not about being the clown Mm -hmm. and you're right like like you can't fucking replace tim curry Mm -hmm. and it's nothing like tim curry but honestly, if it was like Tim Curry, you still would have turned it off. I think you should still watch it because there's some creepy, weird shit about it mm-hmm. that I think they do better than the Tim Curry TV version just because it is an R-rated and it's movie-based yeah. and it's all about like defying like- your expectations regarding the first one. You turned it off too early. The creepy clown thing is like... Clowns are barely, over, it's overplayed and like when you try to be creepy with the clown it's not that's the thing is like the clown itself is not when it's being scary it's when it changes from clown that it starts being scary mm-hmm. like it as a clown is just where it, what it shows up as mm-hmm. to speak yeah like it doesn't speak very much when it's not a clown yeah well it does actually like I think the thing that you didn't get to that is the best part of it is in the second movie when the adult version of Beverly goes to her old house where the old lady's at mm-hmm. and the old lady and and the way they played off how you inspire fear and, and a disturbing atmosphere with an old lady. Mm-hmm. Like the old lady's there, she invites her in and like it starts off with inspiring fear by being like just kind of slightly off. Like mm-hmm. the old ladies saying, Oh, don't be so f- polite. And like for some reason, the way it was biting was like, Ooh, that's weird and off mm-hmm. and a little violent, a little strong for mm-hmm. such a person. 
And then like Beverly's just walking around being like, I used to live here. <laughs> and uh, in the background, you see the old lady and she like scurries across the doorway and she's mm-hmm. totally naked. Mm-hmm. Fucking naked old lady. And that is so fucking disturbing <laughs> by itself. Yeah. <laughs> naked old lady. Disturbing. Why? What the fuck? Why is a naked lady, little lady, naked and trying to be up to shenanigans? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, she storms out, and like all her limbs are different fucking sizes, mm. and she's all lopsided, but also happens to be twelve feet tall, and she's fucking stomping after, her, and her fucking titties are fucking dangling and swinging <laughs> everywhere. They're like rocks at the end of socks. <laughs> And you missed that because you were like, oh, I don't like the clown. Well, the clown's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) So I say give it a chance. Give it a chance. I think they did I think they did the scary parts better and then the TV version with Tim Curry. Tim Curry did the clown better. Yeah. But the new it did the well, this is a disturbing thing. Like the fucking kid. Like, you see his arm get bit off mm-hmm. by the weird clown. Sure. And, like, here's a kid. He's like, fucking, Billy, ah! And his fucking arm's bleeding everywhere <laughs> with his fucking raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that kid. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to take a piss break. Piss break time at the end of it. So you need to watch it. I mostly wanted to take a piss break before I answer, ask this question. Okay. I'm going to take a piss break <laughs> after you ask it. <laughs> so the old woman, are her weird floppy titties uh, like a rock and CGI sock. or are they practical? Well, that's she's important. about 12 feet tall, so it's CGI. It's, nah. It's got to be CGI, yeah. That's no good. Why is it no good? It's a giant old woman with floppy titties. <laughs> <laughs> like it's gotta like there's gotta be an element of like what's conveyed by CGI that goes mm-hmm. into your CGI equation. I like, think if it's something that should just be a fucking person. Like why couldn't yeah, why couldn't it just be practical? Because it's a 12-foot-tall old woman with CGI titties. <laughs> You can get some tube socks with some rocks. <laughs> You're right. That's what they modeled it after. Can I paint it? Yeah. We're gonna make our we're gonna make a freakishly large bee and it's gonna be practical. Right? We should make an old one with floppy titties. We too, should we should give our bee because. floppy titties. <laughs> That's the queen bee. Yes. <laughs> oh well a floppy titty bee. <laughs> We're going to use socks with rocks. <laughs> However it takes. That's right. You know what? You're right. And that's what you need to expect from Palatable Studios. That's right. That we are going to go that fucking distance. <laughs> that we, we've got a man, Ian Dixon here, who is going to question when other people don't. And we're going to follow that. You know, just because I'm the guy who's there and he's, he's writing the checks but that I don't have yet. Like, 12 feet tall is not that hard to do practically. I mean, if you want it to move like a natural... house. Yeah. 
if you want it to move like a natural thing, I get that it's like harder to do that than to like pay some programmers to like. Is it harder, honestly, though? Like to well, I mean, to make a small house, you can pay. It is to pay a programmer. You can pay programmers. Shit, yeah. Oh, okay. Back to that capitalism thing oh, okay. we've been talking about. Yeah, because they're all working in Korea. Yeah, wherever. It's like some of them, they, they do great work when they have time to do it. Um, but it's something's missing. It doesn't feel tangible. And if you can just put some rocks and tube socks and it's like tangible. spray paint it gray. In the three seconds that we're going to be filming it, of it like yeah. charging after you, it's yeah. going to be it's going quick, to be good. quick cuts. It's going to be fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's our fucking mantra. <laughs> Palatable Studios, quick cuts. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we can make it work. <laughs> this, is, this is the money making arm of Skycast Enterprises, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Can see it, but all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, yeah, I can see that, but like, I think at the same time, like in the it movies that are published with the CGI cities, yeah, like it comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. while you're watching it, and it is a quick cut, yeah. So, it's a lot of the same, it's a lot of the same principles we're employing with our fucking hide the tube socks methodology. <laughs> <laughs> you know and it's it's more about like okay when are these characters being confronted mm-hmm. with these horrors and what are these horrors like uh there's this one horror like there's some horrors that are definitely designed to be almost like oh so cgi is real kind of thing mm-hmm. like there are some horrors that are like the being themselves is is like a photoshopped fucking blurred stretched image. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the being and like, it's 3d, like a big, uh, like a slender man ask yeah. creature, you know, where it's just like a guy stretched out with pixels and stuff. And I think a large part is because, you know, a fifth of the youth's brains are molded to be, you know, taking that in that way. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, part about like who is your audience too do you think we're old people being like i need them rocks and them tube socks i think that i am among the the crowd that's like oh man i'll take a shitty looking puppet over a good well rendered uh cgi image any day wow (laughs) well what do you what do you predict for your people for my people Mm -hmm. what do you mean in the future (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> for hum- who That's are my people humanity <laughs> yeah your people are like uh people who oh. appreciate the the puppetry and like the, uh, i don't i don't know i think i'm in the minority in terms of like the the larger population but i think there's a pretty good like a sizable underground that's like really into the vhs kind of retro media uh i think it's like i mean something like psycho goreman like who who watches that except for people who like 
should be have that, watches that for that performance. That visceral connection to like going to the video store when they were fucking 10 and getting something on stupid on the weekend and like watching some ridiculous horror movie. That's like who that's for. Do you really like uh, draw your nostalgia that far back? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Maybe that's that's the difference between us. Is that like mm-hmm. I did you not do the, the like the video store? I did the video store and I watched random things from it. And it's always horror titles that you'd pick up at the video store, right? More often than not. Uh, I mean, not like a hundred percent, but like that's what I that's what I, I guess like uh, refined my my psyche on i don't know (laughs) yeah that's like the the fond memories i have about it i would say like when i went to the video store as a kid like i would always remember seeing like the horror titles Mm -hmm. with the puppetry and stuff like that i would always remember those those covers were those covers better than the movies most of the time yeah and then i would like go and see the I would I would go and see like the top hits of the fucking thing. See, they were all rented out. Then mm-hmm. go to the N sixty four and then rent the same fucking game again. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I think with I think with the CGI and the fucking world, like there is something like wrong about it because like there's it's always like our approximation of what it would look like in the frame. Mm-hmm. And either everything's computer or some part of it's just computer. And it's all supposed to mix together. But honestly, I'm not I'm not doing the math that fast. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Like I'll know it's CGI and I'll be like that CGI, but I won't notate it. Right. You know? I'll be like, it's CGI, but also what the fuck is with them titties? <laughs> just flailing it about. She's twelve feet tall. She's seventy years old. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of that fucking apartment, fucking lady. That's what I say. <laughs> but at the same time, I went to bed. I, I just went to bed. Yeah. I just went to bed. It didn't matter, it didn't matter that I turned all the lights off. You know? Mm-hmm. The same fucking thing. I have horrors in my life that don't fucking match fucking 12 foot tall titty woman. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I've got, I've got bills to worry about. Yeah. I've got... We've got a mouth to feed with Kyle. You'd welcome twelve foot tall titty woman and be like, "Hey, pay these bills." Bitch. Yeah, that's what I'd be like. Yo, you're gonna sell some tickets, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> I live here. You're gonna fucking pay the bills. <laughs> I don't care if you fucking walk around with your titties bouncing everywhere. Just stay up. Stay away from the stove range. <laughs> that's all it is so man uh, I think we got plenty recorded yeah what what do we think we learned today oh what did we learn damn um I think we learned that there's more than meets the eye for most things uh yeah Ben Affleck (laughs) <laughs> particularly <laughs> uh brain structures uh hmm boy i feel like i learned something profound from little nas x but i forget what it is now that we're so deep in the cast 
well, you know, he's being himself. And that's what it is. I mean, Little Nas asking. I mean, he's doing he's doing the Lord's work. It doesn't matter what yeah. we learned. It matters that it matters that we're just letting it happen. I think yeah, let your freak flag fly. And yeah. uh do you fuck Nike? Well, honestly, Nike's like <laughs> it's also kind of like just like a random victim of this. They're just like, we just sold you a thousand shoes. That's all we really did. We didn't know you were gonna be <laughs> making Satan shoes. <laughs> I mean he- he bought them. He can do what he wants with them now. That's a thought. Yeah. Yeah. You can resell shoes. Yeah. You can resell any product you bought. Why not? Do it. Do it. You know, just don't say it's a, don't say Nike told you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's, that's what I got. Yeah. I think for me, I learned that Florida man's going to be the next, uh, next evolution of the world and then like mm-hmm. if there's gonna be somebody who's going to um be the archetype for the future man it's gonna come from florida where n- none of us are gonna be ready mm-hmm. we're probably gonna mock him on this cast <laughs> <laughs> and uh also that uh stuff yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, why don't you take it away for us, uh, uh, former Pod King Ian Dixon? Oh, sure. Uh, thank you from us here at the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. We bid the adieu. That is correct. See you later, Scottcastigators. <laughs>